Hey, it's Angela, Strive Stronger Operations Director here, and welcome to the Strive Stronger Podcast, bite-sized edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. In today's bite-sized episode, we're talking about supplements. Now, supplements can boost your performance when used properly and in the right doses, but how do you know which ones are right for you? Today's bite size comes from episode five, where Andrew Maid interviews Kelsey Hutton on supplements and the advantages of choosing the correct ones for your lifestyle. Kelsey also gives us some invaluable information of how to avoid taking the wrong supplements, which can end up wasting your money or potentially even damaging your health. Can we now dig into what are the supplements or vitamins you would tell people? And I'll underscore, this is a landmine because if you walk into a health food shop, if you pick up one of the the big magazines on the weekend, the Sunday papers, and they have voluminous tombs now dedicated to all the vitamins and minerals. And if you took everything that everyone said, one, it would take you a long time, right, of a morning. Two, you would rattle when you walk. So can you help us through this this murky field of vitamins and supplements? What do you tell your high performers that they absolutely should add on top of a sound base? All right, I'll just give a quick disclaimer first. Of course, this isn't personal advice, so always make sure you do get some advice before you actually start something. But I'm not someone that's against supplements. Oftentimes we might hear that narrative um, from health professionals that we shouldn't be taking supplements. We can get everything we need from food. We absolutely can get what we need from food. But then once we've nailed the foundations, like you said, why can't we add in those extra one percenters that can just help us boost our performance and our well-being even more? Because there's only so much food we can fit into one day, right? So there are a number of supplements that I routinely discuss with clients and even athletes that I work with. So the five are fish oil, B-complex vitamins, magnesium, vitamin D, and curcumin. Ooh, curcumin made the list. Okay, well, I'll stick to the order. Uh, First one, let's look at fish oil. The question that we get a lot, and, and can you help? explain this as well the difference between omega-3 and omega-6s first of all like what's the difference and then let's explore fish oils so omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids they're both polyunsaturated fats both our bodies need but the ratio of the two is what matters we need more of the omega-3 than we do of omega-6 and with our western diet it is just a lot easier to get in those omega-6 fatty acids than it is the omega-3s and most people are overdoing it on those omega-6 fatty acids. So what we need is to focus in on our diet and try to incorporate more of the omega-3 fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids, you can break that down into three different ones. We have EPA, DHA and ALA. You don't necessarily have to remember all of that. All three are beneficial and we need all of them. But when we consume something like fish oil, it's a combination of EPA and DHA, whereas the ALA omega-3 fatty acids we can get from plant-based foods. For example, they are in things like walnuts. And I know omega-3s, I had an Achilles injury, it's been ongoing, Um, but I saw a physio a number of years ago and she said, have fish oil 
and have magnesium, which we'll get to, to reduce inflammation. I, I find a big difference when I'm taking fish oil on inflammation as well. So what, what are the other protective properties of fish oil or what else does it do for our body? So it's been shown to be really beneficial for joint health, particularly with osteoarthritis and also involved in brain health. So we're linking that back to cognition again. There's so many B-complex vitamins. So what are they, first of all? And two, what sort of B-complex vitamins should our high performers be taking? So B-complex vitamins just means it's the group of all the B vitamins because there's a number of them. Like if you think B1, B2, B3, B6, B12, we've got lots of different B vitamins. So we just group them all together. They're what I like to call your energizer vitamins. So they are water-soluble vitamins, which means that they can be found in a lot of our foods that we consume. And they're essentially like the building blocks of a healthy body. They're involved in energy production, brain function, cell metabolism, and it also support your cell health. But we don't store them in the body for very long. So that's why it is beneficial to top those up, particularly for busy people and particularly for very active people as well, so that you can help meet all those energy demands that your body needs. Great. So we've got our building blocks. We've added fish oil. We've added B-complex. Then we go magnesium. I've been taking soluble magnesium for years. Is that what you advocate as well? Do you tell people to take soluble magnesium uh, or tablet magnesium, first question? And then what does magnesium do for us? There's different forms of magnesium supplements. Um, and so those ones are the ones that are more easily or readily absorbed in the body. But I find that a lot of people that I speak to don't necessarily notice a difference. So if you do already have some of the other types at home, don't worry, you don't have to go out and change them straight away. Just think about the next time that you do buy some. Magnesium though, I would always suggest discussing that with a dietitian first to see if you actually need it because we can overdo it on magnesium. For some people that might cause a little bit of gut issues. You might feel that in your gut if you're having a bit too much. But what magnesium does, it is involved in so many chemical reactions in our body. And the ones that interest people most is that it's involved in muscle contraction, nerve signaling, and also immune health. And anecdotally has been found to, or can supposedly help some people when it comes to sleep, mostly due to that sort of muscle relaxant feeling that we do get from magnesium. I find when I'm we've got a corporate cycling event coming up I'm a cramper you know I think there's some genetic predisposition to this as well but then it's also about electrolyte balance or imbalance I know when I'm taking soluble magnesium and I'm doing long endurance events my my likelihood of cramping dramatically drops now for my cycling mates I think they would like me to not take soluble magnesium and go on these events and cramp because they think it's pretty funny that has made a huge difference and I know a lot of our corporate people as well will feel little cramps and magnesium can really help with that as well doesn't it yeah, definitely. All right, let's go to the next one, which intrigues me in Australia, which is meant to be one of the sunniest, most beautiful countries in the world. And, and we see this show up in our human performance lab, Kels, with it's, it's 70 to 75% of our executive male and female clients have low vitamin D. And Dr. Tom, who hails from Ireland, just, oh, I won't swear, because I know Thomas beeps it out, even though it doesn't sound like fuck. <laughs> um, he's just flabbergasted that he that we live in this country and we have such low vitamin D levels with a lot of people who are under stress. What's going on? Yeah, look, I get the same question when people come to me with their blood test results and say, well, how do I have low vitamin D? I live in Australia. 
Look, we need at least 15 to 20 minutes of sun exposure on our skin per day to be able to absorb the vitamin D that we would get from the sun. But if you think about the busy corporate worker, they're probably not getting that time out in the sun. We're spending all day at our desks. You might be outside in the morning and in the evening traveling to and from work, but it's probably dark at that time or there isn't enough sunlight for you to actually get that exposure or not enough of that UV to get that exposure. And so most people just aren't actually out and about during the day where we would be able to get our vitamin D. I think a lot of people as well, Kels, with the slip, slop, slap message. And look, I'm a huge supporter of that. I've had melanoma and I make sure in the, the peak sun periods, wear a hat, you know, sunglasses, cover up, wear sun cream. But on the edges is what we're talking about to get your vitamin D. So first thing of the morning or the afternoon when the, 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 the real sting has gone out in the sun, that's when you can get the sun exposure on your skin and it is really important. So I think we've done a great job on the messaging for skin cancer and we need to keep doing that. But just to let people know that that first thing of the morning when you go out, you don't have to wear a hat. Ideally, don't wear sunglasses, get skin exposure. And that makes a massive difference to your vitamin D levels. And, and you said it, Kels, the only way to measure this is blood tests. So this is what we do with pathology testing. And when we get people to do that morning wake up, you know, get some sunlight, move around, and we come back and test two or three months later, we just see a huge increase in vitamin D levels. It's just, it, it, is, it is so easy to, to get these levels to go up. And look, although it's a vitamin, people often ask, well, what can I do with my diet to get enough of that vitamin D in? But it's very limited in our diet. One of the foods that we actually can get some vitamin D from is mushrooms. So this is one of my favorite fun facts about food is that mushrooms absorb vitamin D from the sun in a similar way that our skin does. So if you buy yourself a punnet of mushrooms and you're planning to cook it, before you cook it that day, just pop the punnet of mushrooms out on your windowsill where it might get a bit of sun throughout the day. And then when you cook it up, particularly with some good healthy fats like extra virgin olive oil, we can actually effectively absorb some of that vitamin D as well. But that's why a supplement does come in handy when people see those low levels on their blood test because it is just very limited in our diet to actually be able to top it up. And as you said, we're also wanting to be sun safe. Yeah, I'm glad you rounded that out because we get them to get sun exposure and, and generally take a vitamin D supplement because vitamin D is linked to so many chemical reactions in the body and everything from mood health to metabolism. And if your vitamin D levels are low, your physiology is just not going to be functioning how it should be. The fifth one surprised me, curcumin, which I often call turmeric, and I know they're linked, but they're not exactly the same. <laughs> so what curcumin is, it is the active ingredient that's in turmeric. So it's also now a supplement. Um, turmeric is obviously a really popular spice that's been used for years, centuries, in particularly Ayurvedic ancient medicine. I'm not sure if my pronunciation of that was... <laughs> Great. <laughs> so turmeric definitely has become really trendy more recently because we've seen some more research go into the benefits of it because it has been used for so long in alternative medicines that, you know, we've done some research to have a look at, okay, well, is there something there? Is it actually beneficial? And now turmeric, you can see that in cafes, it's being added to things like turmeric lattes. So what we're actually looking at is curcumin. As I said, that's the active ingredient. You could definitely be including turmeric into your diet, but how much of the actual curcumin we would get is limited 
depends how much turmeric you're actually using in your cooking. And we also need one of the ingredients that's in black pepper to actually help the absorption of that curcumin as well. So that's why a supplement can come in handy. Anything else would you add to the stack if there was a bonus one, like a drum roll number six for those people wanting to get extra, extra, extra value out of today? Probably the two most trendy and common ones that I get asked about now is probiotics and collagen. And I will say that I do recommend both, but it depends on the time, the place and the person, as I said. Hey, it's Andrew, and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.